0: Lovers, welcome to Sex at Work, a podcast about work-related sex things. This week is my chance to update you on some of what I've been up to and some of what's to come. So first, sex pod updates. Sex stories will continue throughout the holidays, and December 31st is our three-year anniversary. I have an episode that I've recorded for you that I'm very excited to share. It's very similar to what you're used to, but there is a little bit of a difference. You will see. I'm letting myself experiment, and it was super, super fun for me. I will be very curious to hear what you think of it, but it is, a, shall we say, above and beyond the mortal realm. This episode, we're going to answer a couple of listener emails, which are very fun, and then I will update you on Dante, my dominatrix character, some mobile playship realizations I've had, I did a little bit of a sex-related artist consulting that was super fun, and I also want to let you know about custom offerings on the website that shall not be named that you can participate with very soon. Well, you can do it now, but all of the things will be up by the end of the week. And lastly, we're going to be talking sexy Christmas wish lists. So first, listener questions. This is from M. Wyo. Hi, my name is M. I'm 22 years old and I've been married for two and a half years. I have a question for you. I believe I am a submissive and I believe my husband is too. How do we work with this? so m first, I would say, "Does your husband know that he is perhaps a submissive? I don't know about labeling other people. I think it's tricky. It also is going to depend on your relationship. I don't know the structure of your relationship. I don't know if you're a monogamous or polyamorous or if you're open to being open or if you need to have all of your sexual needs met by one specific partner or if either of you are open to learning to be a bottom who talks. I also don't know when people say submissive and dominant, what I'm learning is more and more in day-to-day speech, is some people mean it sort of like vibe-wise, and some people mean it more formally, as in I am into this thing in the realm of BDSM. So my favorite thing to do, my advice, would be to start with research. If you do have an open dialogue about your needs, I would see how they line up. If you both have the same sets of desires, if both of you are just like, nope, I need this one thing, then you may have to exercise your creativity to hire some professionals or find people on dating apps together, which is a whole thing that the two of you can figure out what is the appropriate response for you two. For anyone who is interested in power dynamics of any kind, I really recommend the new topping book and the new bottoming book by Janet Hardy and Dossey Easton. Those are kind of my go-tos. They're very short, they're simple, they're clear. And what I really like about them is they give, is that they give a few technical specifics, but they mostly give the emotional framework. And for me, it feels like a good jumping off point for deciding what you want to explore more and really drill down on. So I really think that it is about the exploration. For me, what are the depths of my submissive self? My submissive self has not explored everything she wants to explore, but she is making a bucket list. What does your partner want to explore? How does your partner want to feel? And then are either of you open to being a bottom who tops? So I myself am learning to become a top because that's a skill that I would like to have because I don't want to limit myself to satisfactory play that only exists when I'm with a dominant partner. As I search for doms, I realize it creates this sort of like desperate energy in me of like, I just need to be dominated. And the more that I miss my master, the more intense that that gets. Whereas when I focus my energy outward on learning skills and kind of like really expanding my own vocabulary, for me, it's in a different category. Like when I'm learning stuff as a dom, it's not the same as just channeling what I've experienced as a submissive into a dominant self. I'm learning it kind of from the ground up because for me, it's more fun to keep those separate. So that's what is working for me. Everyone is very different. So you're going to have to figure out what you want to explore. And I, I start with books. I know that a lot of people also love exploring through porn or through sex workers who they like. And so I've also heard that it's time for me to get on TikTok. So that's in my future at some point. Uh, is it though? Because I'm also getting off screens and social media. I don't know. But find the ways of research and learning that work for you. I'm really big on -on one-on-one talking to people and doing deep dives. It's not the most efficient method, but it sure is fun for me. And so now I've started bringing in more specific research that includes the biology of a human being and like what I as a practitioner, as a lover, can do to and with a partner and or myself. So, you know, you're going to have to feel your way into it. And I don't know the emotional texture of your relationship. Two years in, it's been a long time since I've been in a two-year committed relationship with another person that was not my master (laughs) because that was a very specific type of relationship. So I don't know if you have other pieces from your life that are affecting your sex life. And oftentimes I hear from people that are like, I just don't know what the problem is. And it's sort of like, well, it's like layers and layers of emotional things and physical things and psychological things. And the advice that I really want to give to people when they're like, what's the number one thing I can do for my sex life? I'm like, well, are you well rested? How is your mental health? Are you taking care of your physical body, both with like a little bit of daily exercise and also some food stuff? You know, it's, it's the stuff that starts to feel very overwhelming. But for myself, when one by one I started implementing each of those things, I'm living such a great life that I love so much. That's what works for me. I'm also a submissive that's not currently in a relationship where I can submit to anyone. It's been a few months. And that's a bummer. That's a, it's a drain, but also... I like to think of it as edging. So I hope that while the two of you are figuring out whatever type of research and exploration you'd like to embark upon together, I really, really encourage you to explore together, to not take on the burden of work and to make sure that your partner is equally engaged. If That's something that you both want. Hopefully it is. I would be really curious to hear what you end up discovering and uh, keep us posted. And if anyone out there listening has personal experience that relates to this, uh, let us know, please. Next, I got a link from someone. The title of this article is University Offers Prostitution as a Class. I'm actually not going to send you this direct link. I'm just going to read you a couple of paragraphs because it's like very, very clickbaity and misleading. But it's pretty cool. When you actually read the article, it says that Durham University in Durham, England, stated that training aimed at educating people about sex work and how to respond sensitively when someone discloses their work in the industry. It's not designed to encourage students to enter the industry, but rather to destigmatize it. So it's creating a space for people who are sex workers to get support to navigate that world. You can go Google Durham University and learn more about that if you want uh, always read the article. Don't just look at the headline. I got excited, though. I was like, oh, a class of prostitution. What could I learn? So that's not out there yet. Maybe someday somebody will make that. So thank you, R, for sending that link along. Next, this email is from T. I'm pretty sure no one would be interested in my sex stories. I spent most of my 20s celibate in a Catholic seminary and got married by my 30s. Boring sexless marriage stuff. Okay, but my question is, do you want it that way? However, I do want to share two thoughts or noodles with you. I adore you, T, for using my word noodle. That makes me so happy. One, I was listening to Sex at Work and the guest called your Airstream an airship and I could only picture you flying a blimp around your country. (laughs) Being a man with a juvenile sense of humor, in my imagination, it was either very phallic or painted as a breast. So here's the thing. In the playship, even the Airstream trailer one, I'm obviously going to make it very classy. But in my perfect world... The front of it looks like a boob. The back of it looks like a cock. and Maybe vice versa. I don't know. We'll switch around. Or maybe I have. I have different. Yes. I, too, share your juvenile sense of humor is what I'm saying. And I think it's great. <laughs> I hope to never truly grow up. And I love the idea of a blimp. So I don't know when or where or how I will get all of those resources. But uh, thank you for that noodle brainstorm. I, <laughs> I also love that our guest, Oscar, whose episode came out recently, has all these ideas about bounce houses that come along with the kind of there's a version of the play ship that actually expands into sort of like a mobile sex carnival, which really is, I think, just the adult playground slash theme park that I want. But like really is it a theme park or is it attached to my full service creativity resort? I don't know. And I don't know what we what I can make happen in this lifetime. But uh, I figure that if I plant the seeds, even if I don't end up being the one to do it, as long as someone does it really, really well with a high amount of safety and creativity and frameworks that invite people to explore their own creativity in all ways. I mean, that is really the main goal, whether or not I'm the one to do it. You know, hopefully I am. Hopefully I get to have some input. Hopefully I can uh, amass the funds. We'll see. Back to T's email. My second idea, I hope you consider seriously before dismissing it. I've heard you call yourself a goddess. Have I? So I will just say I don't identify as a goddess. I have, I have been called a goddess by other people. And I'm like, what, me? Are you sure? No, because I, I know goddesses. I know a couple of people who, who definitely are goddesses, who identify as goddesses, and they like have that energy. I don't feel like I'm there yet. I've heard you call yourself a goddess and use the term with your guests. Why not take it to the next level and start a religion? Sacred prostitution. Let men worship you in your mobile temple or franchise them across the country have First Amendment protection and tax-free status. I picture a large brothel where different aspects of the divine goddesses are worshipped for an appropriate donation. I feel uncomfortably seen that this fantasy is given to me. So here's the thing. First, I will say, I'm not going to start a religion. I have no desire to start a religion. But if any of you out there have read Stranger in a Strange Land, you'll see why. You'll see why I don't need to start a religion. I believe that sex stories is a way for all of us to connect to keep whatever religion we were born with, but hopefully maybe to shed the shamey parts that are not helping our lives. The thing I worry about with the idea of creating a religion is like I literally don't like preaching, even though I'm out here being like, oh, my mission, my mission, like the sex epiphanies that I've had lately have really given me the message of like it's just my job to follow my own desire and to encourage other people to follow their own desires in ways that are legal and consensual. And if there are laws that we don't like, then maybe we can change them. One of the laws that I know is in place in this country is that legal brothels, as far as I know, only exist in Nevada. And I think that those, like as I've just done some noodly research to try to figure out if my dream of having a brothel is even a possibility, those licenses are closely held and closely guarded. And so, I, I guess. I, I don't know. um I've read a couple of books about brothels recently. One of them is more academic. One of them is from a little over a decade ago, and it was a woman who used to be a madam at one of them. And it does sound like periodically, even in the state of Nevada, that that there are politicians and special interest groups, particularly religious organizations that are anti-sex work and I think that's sad because I like love the idea of a safe space for people to go and explore and feel welcomed. And I love the idea of framing it in this divine worship. So that I'm super into. I don't want to position myself as a person that is above other people. I'm a submissive. Of course I don't. And one of my greatest fears is that people will think I'm trying to start a sex cult. I I don't really feel the strong desire to hold power over others other than in the explorations that I'm doing as my character Dante, because I like storytelling. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be a performer and a filmmaker. And starting a religion sounds like a lot of work, and it sounds like a lot of people would get mad at you, and that's just, like, not my vibe. Although I kind of, like, love the sentiment behind what you're saying. And if you haven't read Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein, uh, please go read it. Anyone who's listening, go read it. And like, I would love to have a sexy book club about it because that's the type of stuff where I'm like, yes, let's love each other. Like, can there be a religion that's not about power grabbing? And like, at some point, most religions have economic factors. And if I'm going to have like an economic streak to anything that I'm doing, like this podcast, I would rather be really transparent about it. So that's what I'm trying to do. You know, you hear the sponsors that I have, that's some of the money that I'm making. This podcast is also so you can know what else I'm working on behind the scenes, the things that don't make me money yet, but I hope to in the future, because we live in an economy where we have to make money to eat. So until that changes, which I'm not going to be the one to change it, although I love the idea of a gifting economy, you know, that's what I have to do is figure out the balance between art and commerce. And I will just say, I don't, is this, um, I am curious to hear more, and I don't know if it's weird to say, I feel really flattered. <laughs> like it's absolutely terrifying and not the, the direction I'm going to go because I really just want people to follow their own bliss and follow their own desire as long as it does not harm others to degrees that are not simply in the name of personal growth. There's a big difference between someone unconsensually forcing themselves on a partner sexually and say to submissive partners who love each other very much, because they don't have their submissive needs met because they have the same need. And so that's going to require an extra level of growth and exploration. Two very different things. So I really want to encourage everyone out there, everyone listening. Um, yes, love. Love is the answer. You <laughs> sound like a hippie. So those are the emails we have this week. and And now for my updates. First, some details on Dante. So. I have been working on adapting the Rights, Respect, Responsibilities, Sex Ed curriculum. If you go to 3rs.org, you can see what I'm talking about and you can access and download the curriculum there. If you're a parent that wants to figure out how to talk to your kids about stuff, like you can go check that out. It's created by sex educators and it is free. The entire K through 12 curriculum is like 680 something pages. So I have made it through kindergarten and I'm writing it into kind of like the character speech of the character that i'm working on in my favorite genre so i'm still on kindergarten and i'm realizing that i maybe actually just want to read everything or at least the broad overviews and then group by topic or category because i am speaking largely to adults even if i'm speaking to adults who maybe want to speak to children so i'm in the creative noodle process of figuring out how that's going to come out and it means lengthening the timeline on dante and all the things that i want to make for you but I actually think that that's just fine. I think that's what I'm coming around to in my own life is I would rather have the full experience and allow myself to explore than like rushing through everything and feeling stressed all the time and not being present with friends and family. So that is the update on Dante's sex ed, which is eventually coming. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you were listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like boner softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack with blue chew penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived your package has arrived and you know i love a good package and i have to say am i allowed to say this it was very hot when i had a partner who i already had a good trusting open relationship he'd been working on his anxiety cutting down on screens meditating he quit smoking he started exercising regular cutting out processed foods all of that stuff he was just of a certain age and i'll just say The night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. I've been practicing in my kind of personal life in more of a dom role, not as Dante, but just with, I had a lover recently who was into the idea of degradation or kind of insults. And I'm realizing that that is something that is really tough for me to do without clear asks, without hearing specific words that they're into, because I think I'm a person that, accidentally insults people when I'm trying really hard to tease or play and the reactions that I get and the amount of times that I've heard well you should have known like you should have known that that was too much I'm like well I I'm a different person and I thought I was matching your level of teasing and I had a situation with that was non-sexual but just with family members over the holiday where I thought that I had matched the tease it was about underwear so it was like also about like the the private thing but I was like Somebody was teasing somebody else about underwear and then was teasing about thongs. And then I was basically criticizing thongs. and like, why do people even wear a permanent wedgie? And I was like, I know why. It's because, like, boys like to tease girls about their panties. So heaven forbid we ever have a panty line. And it just shut everything down. And then I tried to make it better by being like, I prefer to be naked. And then everyone got very silent. So, you know, that wasn't a that wasn't a case in which anyone got overtly mad at me. But the energy of the room totally shifted. So when someone comes to me and says, I want you to insult me, um, but just like whatever you think, I don't know how to play with that yet. And so the only way that I can learn with a person who isn't sure yet about how to give me directives about specific words or specific instances or specific types of degradation, the only thing that I can do is to watch that person closely and to hear what they're into and to get more examples. Because I learn best by examples. what I'm learning about myself. The other thing that I'm learning that I'm super excited about is pelvic massage. And currently, I'm in the place where I so far only have theoretical knowledge, but I am so excited to apply this to people. And I am floored to learn that oftentimes, especially people in phallic bodies, have so much pelvic tension, in part, maybe because of cultural conditioning, is the theory of the book that I'm currently reading, that the shaft of their penis can retract into their body one to three inches It's because of muscle tightness. And so I'm just like very curious to learn more. And, and this is also not a uh, pelvic massage. Like I have to go inside a butthole, although that is part of it. There are other things to do externally that if your partner is comfortable getting touched around the pelvic region can just help ease and find some relaxation. And I'm also just learning all about sex that is not. Um, I'm finally reading She Comes First and He Comes Next by Ian Kerner. And so I'm finally learning, which are from the early 2000s. And the research is definitely outdated in some cases. And I'm like, where are the updates? Like, how do I, what's the most recent? So if you have recommendations for recent things, I'm basically just like going through the internet and scouring things. And what I'm finding is like hit or miss, but I'm finally like hitting all the big classics that people have talked about. So I'm very, very, very excited to practice these things in person And I'm really curious to be with partners who allow me to massage their pelvises and find more relaxation there. Because I'm curious to see what might come of that. A lot of what I'm reading about has to do with bringing the experience of sex to the mind and entire body. And, you know, it's the classic thing that some of us have heard about. Maybe it might be new information to others of keeping the focus off of the erection, off of the sperm coming out of a penis. And it's interesting because as I'm reading this book, I'm like, wow, it's so straight. Like this book is so straight. And it's literally telling women to teach their men, but like kind of secretly. So it still is kind of continuing this idea that like women have to do the work to get what they want. But it also sounds like it was requested by a lot of the people who read She Comes First and were like, how do I reach my partner who won't engage about this? So, you know, I still am learning from it and I'm still curious to see what else I might learn. And if there are those of you out there who've gone through that journey, I would love to hear about it. So reading books is where I am. A lot of audiobooks, a lot of also, oh my gosh, I'm still reading Harlot's Whores and Hackabouts by Kate Lister. And that is just wildly inspirational to me. <laughs> so I will just say that in A Curious History of Sex, also by Kate Lister, if you haven't read that. I read that in October and I just I keep returning to it. I got a hard copy of it and now I'm going through with my highlighter. I also am revisiting the new topping and bottoming books that I mentioned earlier by Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton. And like those are so helpful for me because I've I've been dabbling in different BDSM books and some of them are so informational that even with my experience four years as a submissive, it feels so far away to just read informational statements that are like a submissive may feel very contained. Here are some implements you can use for impact play. Like it's so robotic without the feeling. And so I feel very spoiled by all of our sex stories guests who tell me the specific technical details, but infuse them with the emotion and the feeling. And that's that's what I want for all of us is to open up that level of conversation, because the more that I talk to people, the fewer assumptions I'm able to make about anyone, which is problematic in some ways and like super fucking fantastic in others. So. On the note of becoming a dominatrix and crafting this character, Dante, eventually she will have a playship. And I spent some time at the family ranch watching the animals again after Thanksgiving. And I was walking past our old tractor trailer with my mom taking Griffin the dog for a walk. And I was like, oh, you guys got new tires on the trailer. And she was like, oh, yes, your father did it. He got new tires on the clubhouse, too. And it was then that I like realized that when I was 10 years old, I built a fort in the living room. I'm still building forts. And I loved this fort so much that I was like, I need to make it permanent. So I drew up this like elaborate sketch and was like, dad, help me make this. And it turned into basically a giant box with a window on wheels. It's like six by six by six with a roof, like a tin roof that flaps open. And it has big rolling caster wheels on it. And now it is used out back in our family orchard for storage. But when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13, I would attach it to the back of our three-wheeler or our old Odyssey and like drive it through the orange trees. And I would sit in it in the orange trees and have a picnic or write a story or like play pretend in it. And I'm like, I've been trying to build play ships since I was a fucking kid. And then when we were talking about Santa Claus, She was like, oh, you always had it figured out, but it's because you would come up with these elaborate things and reminded me that I also at one point had drawn a very elaborate five-year-old sketch of, you know, those pedal cars, like the big plasticky cars that have pedals that kids go and I always wanted one of those. And so I wanted like a really elaborate big one that like attached and had a trailer and had like multiple levels, like a little bus so I could wheel my friends around So I'm like laughing at myself because I'm like, oh, maybe we just never change. And maybe I'm just, you know, I don't know, reflecting on all the arts that I did as a kid and finding my old creativity supplies. I'm like, all right, well, this feels like it was meant to be. So in the new year, I'm going to start really diligently making a push toward gathering funds for the mobile dungeon and then gathering implements to put inside of it. But I, in the meantime, am just feeling very, very like silly and excited because there's so much weird history that I had completely forgotten about up until last week. The other thing that's cool that's happening is I'm getting some sex related artist consulting jobs. So I stumbled into one with a brand with a friend where I thought she was asking me to help her pick out an outfit for an event she was going to, but she was actually asking me to help her. But it was basically asking me to help create essential experience for this erotically related product and it was so fun and it was the same week that one of my writer director friends reached out to ask for help figuring out kind of like the sexual backstories and interactions of some characters that they're working on. So I'm feeling just very excited and also those jobs kind of distracted from some of the organization that leads me to have guests on Sex at Work but that's okay because timelines can stretch and Podcast will always be here. I can always talk into a microphone at a future date and I just can't wait to line up more interviews. So, so there are so many things that are happening that I'm very excited about. And the other thing that that pushed the timeline back on are the custom offerings on the website that shall not be named that I should have up by the end of this week. So by the time episode 146 comes out on sex stories, I should have all of the, maybe not all of them. I should have the main like four or five landing videos up on only on the website that shall not be named so that you can go see what that's going to be about i'm not naming the website because the other thing that's happening in the background is youtube is about to take down the sex stories channel again so i'm just not uploading stuff there for the time being because they are being incredibly inconsistent about what counts as a strike and what counts as not a strike and i got a strike for the episode with elizabeth from amorous And I I can't figure it out. And so I'm appealing these strikes. That one got put back, but it doesn't they don't actually restore your video. And they took down the other two videos that were uploaded after the amorous episode. So that's like alarming and weird and feels like gross, weird censorship, even though, of course, they're a private company and they can do whatever they want. But it is making me think about where do I need to live online if I'm going to release these as videos? Is there any value to putting them on the sex stories website or do they need to live somewhere else? I want to make comprehensive, accessible content, but the value to being on YouTube is search engine optimization. So maybe we'll stick to podcasts and hopefully they don't knock on wood censor those things. So that is all coming up. I'm editing the videos for the website that shall not be named in case I ever choose to put this on YouTube ever again. I am using that space as the number one place to share with you the explorations of my bucket list that I'm going to be working on this year. So what I haven't done yet is posted my bucket list, that is coming, and I'm inviting people to share with me their desires and inspirations for exploration. So much like this episode where someone is like, hey, maybe you should go start a religion. Like, I'm like, hmm, maybe I don't want to start a religion, but maybe I... Maybe I would make a cool, weird short film that's like two minutes long where I am playing someone who is getting worshipped like a goddess, you know, so finding all of the inspirations from all of that stuff, that is going to be what that space is for. And there will be versions of that where lovers can submit tribute and there will be versions of that where lovers can participate with no tribute required and just the creative energy will be there. So that is all coming in its own time, slowly but surely. I trust the timing on everything. There's no reason for us to, like, destroy ourselves over timelines, particularly at the end of the year. Like, I love to use this time to sort of, like, reflect on what 2022 is going to be like. I am super fucking excited about this coming year. Which brings me to sexy... I'm saying Christmas wish list. I grew up with Christmas. Uh, I also like respect and love all holidays. For me, I'm like, oh, any reason to celebrate? Great. I love it. I love it. Any reason to celebrate is fantastic. On my sexy Christmas wish list this year, I actually for the first time in ages have started wanting lingerie again. Like I went through a period in my early 20s where I like really liked it because it felt like "Mm, sexy taboo. And then 26, 27, I was like, whatever. I don't care about partnership. I don't I don't care about clothes. Like, I just kind of did an overhaul and forgot about lingerie for a long time. And the more that I learn about implicit communication, the more I start to remember that lingerie serves a very specific function for people and that it is just another fun way to play and dress up. So I think because I'm starting to create videos for OnlyFans that are, you know, span the whole gamut of all the things, many of them include clothes, some of them will not include clothes. I'm feeling really like, oh, lingerie could be purposeful for me because I'm so purpose oriented that if the purpose is not to turn on my partner and my master just wasn't that into lingerie. So that could have been a different thing. But I'm like, oh, I can justify the resources. And, you know, I also don't like buying a lot of clothes and then just like letting them sit in my closet or getting rid of them. But I have an idea of kind of like lingerie sharing or perhaps some panty selling in my future as or maybe a character that I create so that I can explore the entire horror arc, at least through story. I don't know. Uh, I'm learning about that. There's a panty selling podcast that I've been listening to off and on for the last year. And so it's like on my eventual to do list. I just never quite get there because I'm always busy doing scrambly artist jobs to pay the regular bills. So all of that is shifting and i'm feeling super excited and i think the other thing i also have fancy slippers <laughs> why are those sexy that's what i put on my sexy christmas wish list so maybe those are related i guess i guess it's because i'd love to call in a partner with a foot fetish because i'm just very curious about it i want to see what it's like and maybe if i wear fancy slippers it reminds me to keep my feet like nice and fancy and pedicured when i'm on the farm i walk around barefoot a lot and so then i have to scrub my feet to keep them nice and soft And then lastly, I just really want to call in a lover who wants to tie me down, ideally literally, not necessarily full ties, but whatever. Someone who just wants to use me and go slow, slow, slow. When I am not in submissive mode with a lover, I get so excited that I do rush through everything. And it's almost like I want to experience everything at once. And then when it's my turn to pick the next thing, I like start to short circuit in my brain. And I think what I really miss about having a dom is having someone who just like quietly, gently, strongly, you know, firmly in a way that leaves no doubt in my mind as to their desire just wants to use me. That is what I want. And I would like to know what's on your Christmas wish list. So lovers, that is this week's episode of Sex at Work. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube. Eventually there may be videos back up there. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Definitely subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, maybe multiple places. You could do Apple and Spotify if you're feeling generous for this holiday season. That's the other thing on my Christmas sexy wish list. Uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please be a lover who makes the world a sexier place by leaving reviews and comments and thumbs up and stars wherever you can. Because that is how we get the algorithm on board with our sexy, sexy mission to make a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Visit mission69.org or yoli.com for my latest sexy art slash work and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Uh, Twitter will have all the most latest, coolest, exciting things. So go follow at YOLE on Twitter. Write to me, submit sex stories, especially if you have work-related ones via sexstoriespodcast.com. As always, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. Have a happy, happy, happy holiday, lovely season. And remember to share sex stories. Lovely humans, thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. <laughs> I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, Apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at YOLI, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. YOLI.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love. To co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm, thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection.